You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Here's RG3. He's going to run for the first down. And still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. 3-2. Here it is. The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. And for all about the black athlete in professional football. The wait is over for the very first time. The Washington Mystics are WNBA champions. And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Strikes the pitch. Swing and a long drive. Deep left field. Going, going. That's a Post-game show is brought to you by. Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. This is called Pirate Radio. Hello, friends, and welcome to a very special simulcast podcast today. It is both at the diner and it is GGR post game. I am your host, Mike Lunsford. I am joined in the co-hosting abilities no not abilities i need a better term like he's like if if we're doing using the the hockey analogy if i've got the c on my jersey he's got the a because he's the alternate captain for sure like he's making decisions (laughs) as well when i'm not on the ice you know him you love him his name is mc brooks let's go we are talking sports um because there's a lot of different things going on right now in the sports world. We want to talk about, like, we talked a little bit about it on the, the regular podcast on At The Diner, which um, let me thank all of you who are listening. Um, you guys can continue to subscribe to any of our podcasts that we have on Apple, on Audible, on um, uh, we're on iHeartRadio as well. There's lots of great places that you guys can catch our podcast, so definitely make sure you subscribe. Uh, so this will both be a regular podcast on At The Diner. It's also on the GGR Post Game feed, which has its own individual feed. All of the episodes that we've done where we talk about sports exclusively, you can find those there. So definitely check those out when you get a chance. There's a lot of stuff going on um, in the D.C. area. We want to talk about D.C.-centric sports stuff, but we also want to talk about some of the bigger things that are going on in the sports world. Um, I want to start with the with the Super Bowl real quick because, I mean, it's worth mentioning Um the Los Angeles Rams are your current world champions when it comes to football. Um, I don't follow football like I used to. I just, I lost the taste for it. But at the same time too, once a sports fan, always a sports fan, it's hard to just like completely disconnect from it. It was hard not to root for Matt Stafford. Yeah. Like, I feel like the guy deserved this. I feel like, um, 
you know, playing in, in Detroit for as many years as he did and just never being able to get over the hump, like freaking good for him, man. And like, yeah. I love whenever like you can shut a narrative down about a player like, oh, well, he's not going to be able to win the big game. Like, I love when that happens. I love when it's like, oh, so all these people who were running their mouths about this didn't know what they were talking about. Shocker. OK. <laughs> um, Honestly, though, I've always been a big fan of the underdog and I was kind of rooting for Cincinnati at the same time, too. But since I didn't really have a horse in this fight, uh, in this race, like it was fun to just like kind of see how it played out and kind of be happy no matter who won. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you 110. Uh, percent I've always liked uh, Matt Stafford. I've, obviously, I've never cheered for Detroit or anything like that. But I've I've just gen- generally just always liked him, and I was very happy that you know he was able to, you know, finally get the ring to kind of validate that he was actually good, considering he has like all of these other like records and stats and whatnot too. And honestly, I think it's it's also a testament to not only the player but the person that he was that. Even though he was no longer in Detroit, he still had Detroit rooting for him and happy yeah. for his success, even though he was he was he was elsewhere. Um, so I do think that was awesome. And and I agree with you, too. Like, I didn't really have a horse in that race. Um, I've been to Cincinnati a ton. I have friends and family that are there. I personally I love going. I love going to Cincinnati. I had the best burrito I've ever tasted in my life in Cincinnati. <laughs> right. I remember talking about that. <laughs> um, and like, like I've, I've, I've even considered relocating somewhere. I've been to a Bengals game before. I've been to their stadium. Their stadium is really nice. Definitely, it's, it's definitely miles ahead of the shithole we call FedEx, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I would have been happy if Cincinnati won. I think, I think, honestly, think they Cincinnati deserves it. You know, they've they've had their own share of issues oh, yeah. that have uh, that have, that have gone on both uh, in sports and outside of sports. Um, but yeah, like it, I was, I was going to be happy kind of whomever, whomever won, whether it was, you know, Stafford and OBJ and hell, even Sean McVay, you know, who, who was in Washington for some time. Um, yeah, I was going to, I was going to be good. I was going to be good either way. It was just kind of like, you know, let, let, let it be entertaining. Not to mention the halftime show was, was probably the best thing <laughs> from that day because it was so it was chock full of nostalgia for like, early 2000s early 2000s um it was it was funny just hearing um actually friend of the show ulysses campbell shared um i guess some friend of his was um like oh i've never heard of any of these people that are on this halftime show and like the best response i saw from that was how to tell somebody you're old and white without actually coming out (laughs) and saying that you're old and white There's no way because like that's the other thing, too, is like this wasn't just like a bunch of like contemporary rappers, you know, like because I can understand like if it was contemporary rappers and like you didn't know who they were. But this was this is fucking Snoop and Dre. Yeah. 50 Cent. Like this is not like your run of the mill average no name people. This was a good friggin list. They have, I mean, they, they, they all have successful ventures that are not music related. I mean, Dre has Dre by um, Beats, Beats by Dre, the the headphone uh, company. Snoop has a whole show with Martha Stewart. <laughs> uh, Snoop has no, been it, relevant since the mid, like the mid nineties, early nineties, early nineties, yeah, yeah, early nineties, yeah, 90s, yeah. And, and like, like for some, yeah, that that's you're just completely out of touch if that's what you if that's the kind of shit you say, you know? Yeah, like 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 you don't know Eminem. Eminem probably has the most crossover of anyone who was there. Uh, like maybe aside from Snoop, like 
Yeah. You, See, you don't know who Eminem is? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm following shenanigans there. Yeah, That's... you're you're delusional at this point. Um, the one that the it always makes me think of that. There's Jay Z was going to the Barclays Center to play a show, and he was riding the Metro, um, to do it right. Oh, I, I love that. I, I love the train. The clip you, you know what I'm talking about with the, yeah, old, the exactly. old Jewish lady? Yeah, And she I was just that. like, she was like, are you famous or something? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually a musician. I'm about to go play a show at the Barclays Center. And he, she, he goes, who are you? And he goes, I'm Jay-Z. And she goes, oh, I've heard of you. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's one of my that's amazing. I, I rewatch that clip like every couple of years whenever I see it pop up just because I, 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 I just I love the genuine joy of her not knowing and then being like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. That's cool. Wait a I'm second. happy for you. I know Jay. I think she said I know Jay Z is what she said, which was which is awesome. Like, yeah. There's nothing cooler than like people who are older who actually like try to stay up with modern things instead of just being like, well, this is my lane and I'm sticking to it. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was entertaining. I, I didn't really watch. I, I watched the halftime show and that was about it. Um, I stayed away from the game for the most part. I just like kept like watching the score to see who won. But, like, again, I like seeing that there's other teams winning. There's still that, like, leftover desire to see other teams do things other than just Tom Brady, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it, it was nice. It was nice to see a team other than the Patriots or the Bucks like, yeah. involved this year. I'm trying to remember. There, there was, like, this crazy – there's this crazy stat, and I don't remember what it was. But it was, like, there was a Brady – Manning or Roethlisberger like in the Super Bowl like every year from like 2005 to 2016 or something like that or 2018 yeah. or something it was something it was something really cra- really crazy like that but like it is it is really weird to to think like damn like the, these people have like between those three they had been in that that game every year for forever and now it's kind of cool to kind of see a shifting of the guard in a sense where you're starting to like, I mean, we, this happens in every sport, you know, where yeah. you have like the, your star people that everyone knows that the ones who transcend the sport. And then those guys start to age and get up there. And you're kind of wondering like, okay, so like, Hey, who, who's going to be next? Who, who exactly is, 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 is going to be next? You know, Brady just retired. Um, Roethlisberger just retired. Manning's been gone for a number of years. Aaron Rodgers might retire. Um, so like it's kind of, it is kind of cool to see that like I mean like Joe Burrow's had a kind of a hell of a, a hell of a run between like not being able to get on the field at Ohio State to going to LSU winning a national championship coming yeah. to the NFL tearing his ACL in his first year coming back and then being a, like a couple inches away from a Super Bowl like that's kind of dope. And it, it, it like for, for people who are still watching football, it is kind of cool to see that like, okay, it, the sport is in good hands as far as like guys that you, you're going to feel like you're going to be able to root for uh, going forward. Yeah. Especially after Aaron Rodgers completely showed his ass during like this whole like COVID thing, like, and, and, and we're going to tie all of this together too. Cause all of this does kind of, kind of fit together. Um, yeah, like I, I get that some people are like, you know, like, oh, just stick to football and like or stick to your sport and that's it. And like. It's a funny thing with that, because like sometimes I agree that that's kind of what you should do, but at the same time, too, there's times that I don't. And like. 
I can't really say it's fair to say that to anybody. Like, oh, just stick to your job and that's it. But, like, that's kind of how they voted on the MVP this year. They were basically like, um, well, we don't really care about all this other stuff that he did. The only thing we care about is uh, the fact that he he sure can sling that football, can he? And, like, that just – that's not good enough for me. I don't know about you, but, like – well, actually, I do know about you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's funny. Well, it's funny because, it's funny uh, uh, like, his – Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP would have been unanimous – Except there was one writer who did not vote for him, and it was the the one guy who everyone was like shitting on a few weeks, like uh, maybe a few months ago, when he was like, "Oh yeah, no, I I, I won't, I'm, I refuse to vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP because of all of this vaccine stuff." And then people were dunking, were were dunking on him online. But it turns out that like he was he was literally the only person who did who did not vote for him. He voted for uh, for Cooper Cup, I believe, for MVP. Which honestly, that's not a bad vote either, you know. Like, yeah, that I mean, had an amazing year. I mean, he he's in he's in a very short group of people with I think only uh, Jerry Rice and I think Calvin Johnson of like receivers who have like the triple crown where they like lead in like yard uh, receiving yards, touchdowns, and yeah. something else, maybe receptions. I don't I don't remember what the like what the what the crown actually is. But also to win like Super Bowl MVP or, or not well not Super Bowl MVP to yeah, I think yeah, to win triple crown. I think it's it's him and those those two guys, which I mean like to say that you are in the same class as like Jerry Rice, who I think almost everyone regards as like the best receiver to ever step on the field the greatest receiver of all time yeah like that is i mean that's got that's got to be impressive and, and to even be mentioned on calvin johnson who who might have who might have been that if he went anywhere other than detroit um yeah that's kind of that's kind of that's that's kind of dope no it absolutely is and like it's like i i'm torn on that one because like to to tie this into a um one a local sports story but two a national and international sports story um everybody knows what's going on with russia and the ukraine right now where russia is in the middle of a military invasion of the ukraine and a local sports goat alex ovechkin famously russian you know and everybody knows it has been pro putin for a while like and not like goes around and tells everybody like oh if you speak shit about putin you know you're bad and i'm gonna cross check you into the boards no but like <laughs> he is he's like said that putin is a friend of his and that putin sent him a wedding uh gift when he got married uh in 2017 that like he was involved in commercials for russia um that had his likeness in it that had putin in it and like he's he had an interview where they asked him point blank like Hey, how do you feel about what's going on? And he's like, Putin is still my president. Um, but like there shouldn't be war. War is a bad thing, and I hope this ends as soon as possible. And like people are shitting on him for that. And like I get why they are, but at the same time, like I feel like this is a different scenario. Like, I feel like this is different than Aaron Rodgers going around and saying shit like, oh, well, I'm inoculated and that's different than immunized. And 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 technically I didn't lie. And you're like, motherfucker, yes, you did. Like Ovechkin's trying to be apolitical, which is honestly impossible in this world. But at the yeah. same time, too, like you can tell that he just it's complicated, man. Like because yeah. this guy is is arguably a dictator. 
And, like, he still has family in Russia. So, like, is it really smart of him to run his mouth against a guy who could make him pay for it? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, no, it's, I mean, it's literally that. And, like, I mean, we're, we're in an era now where, you know, we just in general as a society always try to kind of break things down and try to make the make everything this either or uh, situation where it's either you're this side or you're this side. There's no gray area. There's no middle ground. But the reality is, like with most things in life, that there is a gray area and th- like it's it's way more complicated than just taking a hard stance here versus a hard a hard stance there. Um, I mentioned this uh, to you before uh, before we were recording that like the um, the actor who played Mulan in the live action Mulan movie um, I don't remember what was what was going on but like there was something like really bad going on with China and uh, people were just kind of like well why like this person is pro China like why why like why is she not denouncing them why is she not doing this and that um, and it really took like just some other people um, just being like, like, look, like they, 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 they're, it's way more nuanced than just, than just taking a hard stance because she's over in America now, as opposed to being back there. Cause she still has family and friends and uh, business ventures and all these other things that are, that are tied, you know, that are, that are tied to, to China. And it's kind of unfair to just say, well, if you don't do this, then this, because it's way more, it's just, it's way more complicated, and they, 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 they have a lot more to think about than just themselves or their own well-being, as far as, um, you know, being pro or against whomever. And that, I mean, that applies to Ovechkin. Like, yeah, we would, we would like to hear him say, "Oh yeah, no, f that guy," you know, whatever. But it's, 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 it's complicated, and we know that just where, with where he is as, as an athlete. Um, as a as a as a citizen, as a dual citizen of both here in Russia, and as I mentioned, with friends and family just all over, it like it is it's legitimately not th- not that simple. Especially when you also consider that in a lot of cases we've heard that like just because someone is not there doesn't mean that you know people in other countries can't get to them, like. We 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 we've we've heard so many stories over the years about uh, you know America sending covert teams and um, military folks to places specifically to take somebody out to you know to try to you know provoke some sort of international action. Yeah, and we don't know what's happening in the Ukraine right now. It's yeah, like and, they're trying to blame it on the Ukraine, and that's why they're invading. Like it's nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so like I like I get it. Like it's 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 very complicated and nuanced. It's like you can be frustrated with Ovi, but you can you should also have an understanding of why just he can't really say anything. Like he can't he couldn't give you the answer that you want, even if he even if that is something that he himself might actually believe. Yeah. Yeah. And again, too, it's 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 very easy for somebody who doesn't understand the situation to just like judge, basically, and say, well, oh, you know, he should make a stand. Yeah. Shouldn't we all, you know, like it's it's the whole it's the whole adage of like, all right, you're at work. Right. And, you know, that you are there's a certain amount of professional decorum that you're supposed to carry. But somebody decides that they want to start some shit with you. 
for whatever reason, doesn't matter what the reason is, they just want to start some shit, okay? And I don't know, they say, you know, like, oh, I saw your wife and your wife's ugly. Let's just, for example, should you punch that person in the face? Oh, 100%, you should. But you do that and then you run the risk of losing your job. You run the risk of a lot of other shit. So the world is not black and white. And it, it's not as simple as, oh, well, if somebody does this, then you have to respond this way. And if you don't, you're wrong. Like, the world's complex. And, like, that's the thing that I, I can't stand is that everybody wants to make it seem like it's very, very simple. And it's not. And, like, it's a, there's a certain level of, like, you have to think of what's going to be the best thing overall. And right. is he doing the best thing? I don't know. I'm not Russian. I don't know how complicated this shit is. Like, if and, I remember I correctly, other... his his parents are still there. His wife is there, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I was gonna say it. It's also drastically different because I mean, we there's a certain level of privilege that we have here in this country that like our country is not run like a lot of other uh, like like how it is in the, in other places in, in the world, and like pe- people like. That colors people's perspectives as far as like, because like if you if you think about it, one thing that I always I remember hearing a lot from uh, friends of mine and other people I know who have come to the U.S. is hearing stories of them being like afraid to say things about government, about about yeah. government officials, about people who have power, because you know like it's not it's not surprising that you know you you'll hear stories from you'll hear stories where like. Oh, this journalist that was critical of so and so like was found floating in a river a week later. Shit, that literally happened. What was that guy's name? Um, it happened to a guy that worked for the Washington Post. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I a, can't remember his name. Yeah, with a with a Saudi prince. Like th- this is not uncommon. Like, yeah. like, like you just like we we have a privilege here that like yeah we can say fuck Joe Biden or fuck Trump or fuck whomever and like we don't have to worry about anything happening to us. Like not, you know, as long as we're not making like direct threats of the president, us just saying, fuck that guy is not going to, is not going to you know get us sniped from somewhere or taken out in the middle of the night. But yeah. people from other places in the world don't have that luxury. The, 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 the type of governments that they've grown up under um, the, you know, stories that they've heard, that they've heard. Um, like it, it really like it. It colors, it colors their perspective on things. Like, I like my. I have a homie who um, who does my engineering, and he lives in Dubai. Um, but for a number of years, if you remember when Egypt had that um, that like uprising a couple years ago, yeah, the Arab Spring, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he got stuck there. He 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 had nothing to do with anything that was going that was that was going on there, and. It was very interesting just to hear like how it was being reported on news stories here versus like him him sending me um, voice messages and just kind of really giving me on the ground knowledge of like hey like this is actually what's going what's going on here this is this is what's happening and for him like it, it's called like getting his perspective on things is always very interesting because he's like he lives he lives over there. He's not far from where all of these various conflicts, conflicts in Europe and other places have taken place. So, like, his perspective on, like, saying something about, like, a government leader is very different than, like, mine or different than other people that we know as well. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it sucks. That's the only way to describe it. it it's this situation is is fucking awful. Like the fact that there's a you know we could be looking at the beginning of World War Three. It's fucking frightening. I'm not looking to a guy who scores a lot of goals in hockey to be the person who's my political leader. Um, right. At the same time, too, would I like it if he did? Yeah, sure, yeah. I would. But, like, I'm not expecting that of him. And I think it's unfair of others to expect that. Like, right. do we want them all to be these amazing, like, heroes and leaders? Yes, of course we do. But, like, it's not fair to put that kind of pressure on them because, like, that's not – I don't know. I mean, like, we, we've seen it. Like, that. that's – but that's why Colin Kaepernick is so amazing. It's because he was willing to do that. And, like, that's not common. Most people aren't willing to put themselves and their careers in jeopardy like that for what they believe. And that's fucking right. amazing. It, no, a, a thousand percent. You know, because, I mean, it, like, it is it is nuanced. Like, so many of us, like, so many of us, like, like people can't do that. You know, not, every, not everyone can do that. And, like, I've always been of the belief, too, that, like, in terms of, like, uh like in terms of like you know uh, uh making change and revolution like everyone has their parts to play and some people aren't able to make the like they can't do what colin did because they have other they have other they have mouths to feed like colin being rich obviously plays a part in him being able to do that you know that's where we had to do with it didn't it yeah yeah like like average everyday people who you know are not millionaires you know, can't afford to just say, you know what, fuck it. And like, and like, I don't say that to like take away from Colin. I think that that is like, that is, that, that is great. That, that, that is what I would like to see more people who are millionaires and billionaires do with their money and their platforms, just saying, fuck it. I want to make a bigger stand for something that is bigger than myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 there's absolutely a privilege that comes with being with being able to do it. Like I, I can't just quit my job and say, you know what, fuck it. And you that's know, exactly, racist. yeah. And that's exactly what I was what I was alluding to before is like, yeah, somebody does something that's wrong, you know, at your workplace, and you're like, I want to fuck this person up because they're a piece of shit. But you also have to think like, I'll use my own example. I've got a kid, I've got a wife to worry about. I can't just like do irresponsible shit like that. I get it. Like, it's wrong what this person did. But at the same time, too, like, I have to worry about the repercussions of that. And I have to worry about what is going to impact the people that I care about. Yes. Would it be great to make a moral stand? Yes. But you know what? We live in a capitalist hellscape right now. And moral stands don't pay the fucking bills. And like, you know what I'm not going to get? I'm not going to get support from Nike like Colin Kaepernick did. They're not going to make a, you know, a Mike Lunsford uh, Air Air Max One. I mean, it'd be cool if they did. Yeah, but like, <laughs> <laughs> some double bird, some double bird ones, yeah. Um, but like, that's that's my point. Is like, this is some complex shit, and like, we all have to worry about the ramifications of things like this. It's not fair, but it is. But that's life. And sometimes we got to be realistic about it. Right. Like, like like I mentioned earlier, like it'd be nice if we if we if we were able to just make all these different conflicts just like these easily digestible little tidbits. Yeah. But they're just not. I mean, that's just ultimately the reality of it. They're they're just not. And ultimately, just we as a as a society at large need to understand that 
and be able to really dig in and realize that like with some things you can't just you can't just simplify them like yeah. uh, even even because you know i've seen i've seen people like there are people who are going viral on like tiktok and other platforms for trying to explain the russia ukraine conflict and like i feel like those can be helpful in helping people to kind of get like maybe a baseline idea of it but it, it like the point i want to make is that just we we need just collectively to to understand that it's way, things are way more nuanced it's just as simple as oh this person bad this person good so on and so forth there's there's always a lot of things you have to take into account and whether someone or not makes a stance or not like you should understand that there there are reasons behind what what they what they do or don't do and we may not like them it may seem simple to us because we're speaking from afar and we may not actually have a horse in the race you know because i don't have any family that lives in russia or ukraine um so like me saying anything about about that like like whatever but that's not the case for everyone and it's especially not the case for someone like Ovechkin or like any of these other any of these any of these other players um who 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 speak out like if you if you can do it if you are compelled to do it great please do use your platform like we absolutely love it but don't yeah. denigrate those who can't just because they they it's not as simple as just being able to do that because they do have a lot of other things that they, they need to take into account. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, like it's, it's always easy for us to point the fingers at others and be like, you're doing this wrong. Like, okay, have you been in this scenario? Do you know what it's like to have to deal with this? And like, everybody's like Mike Tyson has a great quote that I love. Like, and it's, you know, it's funny to say that I have, there's a great quote from Mike Tyson. But like Mike, it's one of those moments where he had just like this moment of clarity and he said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And like that, that's a hundred percent accurate. Everybody has some thing that they can be critical of and say, oh, well, here's where you did this wrong. Okay, cool. You're not in this situation. You don't understand it. And right. it, yeah. And it, it's, it sucks too, again, because everybody's every, like, just like at the beginning of the fucking pandemic, everybody was a goddamn epidemiologist. Uh, now everybody's a uh, socioeconomics uh, major and understands like you know the history and cultures of Russia and of the Ukraine. Let's fucking just shut up, God! Like, yeah, ridiculous, just, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, just like, like we we can we can denounce war, we can we can denounce it, but again, you know, just to just to just to bring it home, like. That's not everyone can't. That's 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 literally, I think, just the point we're trying to get. Like, it's not a 100%. thing. For, it's not a thing for it's not something just everyone everyone can do. We can yeah. we can do it. We can denounce and say, oh yeah, no, what Russia's doing is bad. Like that's fucking terrible. That shit should not be ha- that shit should should not be happening. You know, oh, we we, yeah. we we you know the 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 idea of war <laughs> of potentially being at war yet again. Over the, after the last 21 years since 9/11, like that shit's frightening. Especially when you consider that like all of us potentially live in like target zones. You know, yep. I'm not that far from I'm not that far from DC. You know, yep. the, most of my loved ones and and you guys like none of us are are that far away from DC. 
you know, if anything, if anything were to, you know, if anything were to add, would actually happen. That's just, that's just frightening. It absolutely is. And like, it's, it's a shitty situation to be in that this is what's going on in the world. And yeah, I mean, like, yes, is it a simplistic thing that he said where he was just like, you know, I just wish, you know, I hope this war ends. I do too. And like, honestly, I think that that's a really good, simple sentiment because he's not going to, he's not going to make the mistake that so many other people do and run his mouth about things that he doesn't know all of the stuff about, because that's another thing. He's a professional athlete and he gets paid a lot of money to play hockey for the Washington Capitals. And his focus is there. Am I saying he's right for having that mindset? No, but no. I can, un I'm not trying to explain it. I'm just trying to say that I understand where he's coming from. It's the same thing. And both you and Rambo did a really, really good job of this because I remember being really upset when people were trashing Kobe after he died immediately, like the day he died, they were like, Oh, well he was a rapist. Fuck him. Like, and it made me really, really mad. I was like, like Jesus Christ, this, this guy and his daughter and other people died in this crash. Like now is not the time to be talking shit about this guy. Can we chill with this? And you guys both had really, really good points of like, it's not black and white. There's areas, there's shades of gray with this. You know, like there's no like, is this person right or wrong for the way that they handled this? Not really. Like you have to kind of look at the whole picture. And like, that's kind of how this is, too. Like no one's right. No one's wrong. It's all it's all shit. Basically, all of it sucks. Yeah. And, and you know, to reiterate something else you mentioned, too, like, yeah, Ovechkin's an athlete. Like it's 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 great when they it's great when they can say something. But we also should don't need to necessarily look to them for that. Like if yes. they if they can't say something and it's 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 something that we know that they have some particular expertise in or there's something that they have been connected to in the past, then sure. But we don't need to do the thing of like, oh hey, you're from there. Tell us, tell, <laughs> tell us. We need to know what you th what you think and feel about all of this. Yeah. Like, hey Mike, you're Jewish. Some Jewish people just died in a bombing. How do you feel about that? Right. <laughs> Bad? Just, I mean, like, what the fuck do you want me to say? Like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's just not that. And like, and we've seen, and, and we have countless examples too of not even just athletes, but athletes, entertainers, and other people just opining on world things without really knowing anything about it. And yeah, like, I don't, I don't blame Ovechkin, you know, for just kind of giving a generic, a generic answer, um, a generic answer on it. Maybe, maybe it is a thing of he is just uh, he he doesn't fully know the details of everything. Maybe it's a combination of not knowing it plus not wanting to upset anyone because, as we've mentioned, his family is is still over there. Whatever yeah. the case, like whatever the case may be, like yeah, we don't need to look to athletes to do that. It it reminds me of like something that John Stewart used to just allude to uh, over the years when he would be hosting the daily show. They're like, the daily show is meant to be like a parody of, of like the news that, that if like we're in bad shape, if we have to look to the daily show to get the most accurate up to date news for stuff, because John is not, he's a, he's a comedian. He's not, yeah. he's, he's, you know, he's not a politician. He, he's not a, a world leader. He's not an organizational leader. He's a, a comedian reacting to, you know, events that have that are taking place. And like it's, it's a sad space 
if that if that's who we're looking to, and it's it's coincidence. Same thing here. We shouldn't have to we shouldn't have to look at athletes um, to to be like these mouthpieces to 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 talk to us about these world events that are going on. Again, it's great if they have perspective to add to it, but they shouldn't be the like the the focal point. You know, like if 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 we're with if there's some conflict taking place uh, in Brazil, like I'm not gonna I don't want to go to LeBron James and ask him about how he feels about that. He probably doesn't yeah. even know. <laughs> he probably doesn't know. I would want to go to, you know, uh, the people who would know, whether that be people on the ground, uh, activists, um, whomever, whomever it may be. So, like, that's the, other, that's the other side of it, too. Like, I get wanting Ovechkin's perspective uh, simply because, as you mentioned, he was very supportive of Putin. He, you know, his, his name has been linked to Putin for a number of years now. But you can also understand, A, why he can't or won't uh, say anything. And two, like, what exactly is he, what exactly should he say as someone who spends the majority of their time over here just playing hockey for a living? Yeah. Which is not to say that he can't have opinions about this stuff, but, you know, how, how, how much do we hear that these athletes are just, like, all into their game and all this other stuff? And not really paying attention to 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 that stuff, because I think for a lot, of, if you think about it too, for a lot of athletes, it's like fo- just focusing on their sport is probably a sense of escapism too. Oh, it's gotta from, be from from having to worry about uh, having to worry about any any world events or you know any anything going on just any, literally anywhere else. So like I like I get I get it like I I, get, I do get both sides here. Yeah, I do I do too for sure. Um, I wanted to talk about, since this is less about like, Hey, how's the team doing? Like, (laughs) (laughs) because this is the kind of the way that we, we run with things. It's we're talking about the bigger issues in sports. Um, and that's really like what we like to talk about the most. Um, I wanted to talk about tanking because this ties into two things that are in the news. One, um, former head coach of the Miami dolphins and current now he's, I think he's like a linebackers coach for the uh, Steelers. I think he's, um, Tomlin just hired him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a linebacker, linebacker coach. Yeah. I think he's like assistant head coach. He has like two titles, linebacker's coach, then like assistant. It's like a, maybe a sense of de- a, a assistant defensive coordinator or assistant something head like coach, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. Uh, guy's name is Brian Flores. You guys have probably heard about him in the news uh, because uh, this is the crazy shit that this guy's dealing with. Um, he was fired by the Miami Dolphins after actually having – an arguably decent year with the Dolphins as head coach. Yeah, they won I, seven straight. They they were they started off one and seven, then one like one. I'm trying to do my math here. Uh, <laughs> uh, they won like eight of their final ten games. I want to say yeah, they won eight of their final ten games. Yeah. Um, but he was fired and. There really wasn't given a good reason why other than like, oh, well, he's not the future of the franchise or like this. It's not he's not taking things in the direction that we want them to, which honestly sounds like bullshit, but whatever. So after Brian Flores got fired, it was revealed that Stephen Ross, like known Trump handjob enthusiast, like he basically told Flores to tank the season so that they could get a better draft pick. And Flores is like, "Uh, I'm not fucking doing that, chief. And I don't know if you can prove that unless there was like an actual email that came out where he said that to him. But like, that's a really bad precedent. But also, too, like, 
Go ahead. Uh, so uh, I don't I don't just I don't disagree. The thing is, I, I remember that because that was 2019, I believe it was. Yeah. And that year when when Flor when Flores was hired, like people were people were literally predicting Miami to go 0 and 16 that year, simply because they were. I mean, they did the thing that uh, you know that most teams do when it seems like they're tanking, where they kind of shove, they kind of send off like players that are actually any good, and they put kind of put a roster together that is like full of guys that are at best maybe okay, but no one who's like legitimately like legitimately good. Like it, it the, all the conversation surrounding Miami that year was that they that they're like it was it was, it seemed very obvious that they were there was a tank going on and 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 that was the year that there was a the tank for Tua was like the 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 big the big phrase for for people who were for teams who were who were who were not very good and there was a lot of conversation about that just simply because um like they i mean they weren't predicted to win any games again the roster that they put together was not very good it was not it was not competitive they didn't really make any moves that would have that would have um, indicated that they were trying to be competitive i mean they had fucking Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> as their court as their quarterback for that year um so like like i i i think that even if like they can't they may not be able to prove it in terms of of uh tangible like something like an email or something i think what brian what flores will probably do is is look at one how the roster was constructed for that year and two what a lot of the experts and analysts who cover the sport were saying about miami because the fact that miami even won five games that year was seen as like amazing because they weren't they weren't predicted to win any and every and and like so many people were like that this is really fucking crazy like it's like people wanted to wanted the NFL to investigate Stephen Ross for tanking at that point even before the lawsuit yeah. so I think that's what Brian Flores is going to point is going to point to rightfully so too you know and like th that's the problem with this though is like the fact that that's a thing. And the fact that right now, Major League Baseball is currently in a work stoppage. Like, they're currently in a lockout. And do you want to know one of the main reasons why they're in a lockout? So the collective bargaining agreement with the um, with the MLB expired in December of uh, 2021, right? What does that mean? It's basically like, hey, the players and the owners, this is what they agreed on for the rules of how things are going to work with free agency and all the, all the financials, basically, right? So one of the things that the Players Association like was mad about and was like, Hey, we're not going to re-sign another year, uh, another five-year deal with you guys until we fix these things. I'm going to, I'm going to read this. This is directly from a, an article about it. In a November meeting, the MLBPA drafted a proposal. That's the major league baseball players association drafted a proposal for the upcoming uh, collective bargaining agreement with a number of demands that would explain player control over terms of their contract, particularly for younger players who are under control of the team that drafts them for the first six years of their professional baseball career. And we'll get to that in just a second, because MC has some news about that. Of particular concern to the players union was the ongoing trend of tanking in which teams intentionally choose not to sign talented players in the hopes that they will finish with a losing season and receive higher com compensation in future MLB drafts. 
The union had argued that tanking reduces competitive integrity with Major League Baseball and incentivizes teams with no intention of winning games. Like, the MLB executive director, Tony Clark, had voiced a desire to create a new system that would increase compensation for talented young players, and the union vocally disapproved of implementing a salary cap. So there's a big issue with this. Like, this is not just football. As a matter of fact, the whole tanking thing, like, what was – it was um, trust the process. Is that what it was? Yeah, in Philadelphia, yeah. Yeah. Trust the process, yeah. Yeah, so all this happens in sports all the time. You want to get a good draft pick so you purposefully lose games and like that's just it's so fucked up and like that's one of the main reasons why the mlb is not playing baseball right now there's supposed to be spring training going on right now but that's one of the main reasons that they're not playing anything right now is because of that that and because mc tell us a little bit about this six-year rule that they have and how teams have been fucking players over because of it yeah, so basically, when you are uh, drafted, uh, when you're drafted to your to to a team, um, you basically have to accrue six full seasons before you're able to hit free agency. And what that means is a uh, hundred a hundred seventy two. Like you have to be on the roster for like a hundred seventy two days. Um, doesn't mean you play a hundred seventy. You play that many games, but you have to be on the roster. For uh, for that for the for that amount of days to basically accrue a season, and basically like uh, Chris Bryant was um, member of the Chicago, Chicago Cubs, I believe, yeah. and he um, in 2015 he um, was brought up. He was so he was he he had already been on the team and he was on the verge of hitting a free agency, um, and basically. What the Cubs ended up doing is they ended up bringing him up from AAA, and they had him only there for about a hundred for seven hundred seventy one games before uh, sending him um, sending him back down. Now, what this allowed the Cubs to do was because he hadn't accrued a season, accrued a, a, another his sixth season, he was going to be able to. They were able to keep him on for an additional year before he would actually be able to hit free. Before he would actually be eligible to hit free agency, and Chris Bryant then uh, they went went to arbitration with the league uh, with the Cubs to be like, like. You know, the thing I think all of us are asking, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I, I should be I should be eligible for, you know, eligible for now. And um, Jeff Passan, uh, who covers MLB for uh, ESPN, was basically saying that with it, one of the things that comes with it comes down to with stuff like this is uh, leather of the law versus the spirit of the law by the leather of the law. The Cubs were not necessarily wrong, and the and the arbitrator uh, went in favor of the Cubs. The Cubs, by the leather of the law, were okay to do what they did. He, you know, he didn't play 100. He, he was not on the roster for 172 days. Therefore, he didn't accrue th- that season. Therefore, they were eligible to keep him on for an additional for an additional year. Um. And that's one of the things that baseball players are trying to get changed because that it's it's unfair, you know. It, it, if they 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 say it should be it should be only um, I forget what the actual term for it is, but it should be it should be six years instead of seven, and that's where the discrepancy is because it allows teams to get an extra year by simply not 
not playing players and yeah. and ultimately screwing players from being able to get to free agency or or being able to get to their payday faster, get to their next contract faster. It's it's just messed up, you know? Like to think that like you you get drafted by an organization to play a game, to do something that you've been working your ass off since you were, you know, probably a little kid, you know? Chris Bryan has probably been playing baseball competitively since he was probably like not even a teenager, probably like nine, 10 years old. And to basically like lose out on that sort of compensation potentially, because that's the other thing too. There's no guarantees. Like what if this guy blows his knee knee out? They're not going to, the Cubs aren't going to care. Well, you know, you can't play anymore. That sucks. Like they're not going to give a shit. And like, it's, it sucks that yeah. that really, really sucks. And like the tanking thing that fucking yeah. sucks too, because like how many teams, like they want you to come and, and by they like the, the professional sports team of your choosing, whichever one you prefer, don't care. doesn't matter. They want you to come see them play. They want you to pay money to see them play their games and buy their jerseys and, root for them and, and continue to come back for more games. But it's it's all about a, a an effort in good faith. If you're just purposefully tanking, why would anybody want to go see you play? Exactly. But then, like, I remember with the 76ers, I remember their fans tweeting out, quote unquote, trust the process because they wanted it was Ben Simmons, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it, it, it ended up being a number of players. Uh, Joel Embiid mm-hmm. um, was one. Ben Simmons was one. The other two I don't really think worked out. Markel Fultz, uh, who actually went to my high school alma mater. Um, oh, yeah, he went to use a uh, went to Dematha. Um, but yeah, he uh, uh, him and I can't remember the other player. But it was it was for like four years straight. Like the 76ers were just like either the, the the top pick or like within the top within the top picks um and 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 the, the like as you mentioned uh, what people were saying was like trust the process because they were i mean they were largely a bad team and they were just trying to accrue whatever good players they could try to get uh, uh via the draft now um what ended up happening too is the NBA ended up changing the rules in 2019 to kind of curb to kind of curb the tanking that was going on in the NBA. So what they what they implemented was a lottery system. So what they did was if you were like w- one of the like top 10 worst teams then you you could possibly get the first overall pick. Like it was no longer if you just had the worst record that you just were just guaranteed the first pick. And so yeah, they, so that's why every year now they have they have the lottery system where they'll they will announce like oh this year this team um, this team wins it to to kind of and so far it's been successful because you know uh, uh, no team has has you know lucked into having like back to back number one overall picks or anything like that. It's just it's uh, and then like. Ben Simmons isn't even on the 76ers anymore. He just got traded to uh, New Jersey or not New Jersey, Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, it's 
it sucks to think that – and again, too, I get that it's a business. But like one of the things that I cannot stand is when people use it's a business as an excuse for why people are pieces of shit. Like, oh, well, you know, it's just business. Okay, that's not fucking good enough, man. Like – that's that's not that's not a good excuse and like the fact that people use that as an excuse is just it, it's frightening and like that's my biggest gripe with sports right now is that people treat it like that oh it's just business or they'll just be scumbags to each other uh like fan fandoms will be scumbags to each other because your team is from dallas and your team is from philly like it, it's just yeah, they, and of course it's Philly that I bring up, you know, because like <laughs> their fans are notoriously rowdy. But like, how many times have you seen people like have legitimate beef over sports teams? It's and like half the time it's not. Oh, it's all in good fun. It, it is not really, you know. Like people are pretty fucking ruthless to each other about that. Yeah, I mean, I, over the course of the football season, whenever. Uh, Dallas plays Philly or Washington plays Dallas or whomever. I just yeah. wait because I know inevitably after the game, there's going to be a video circulating on Twitter of two people getting into it because, <laughs> some, because somebody won and yeah. the other team lost and they're going to get angry. And then a fight will just, will just start whether it's in the stands of the game, whether it's after the game, or just with like whenever they they they're countless examples and like it I've been proven right <laughs> every year for the last couple of years there's there's always some video somebody getting knocked out or like a fight breaking out someone throwing stuff at each other in the crowd to like instigate it's, it's like I I I'm okay with banter when it's when it's in good fun like my dad is an Eagles fan so like I will I'll trash talk to him sometimes. <laughs> Like that's about as far as it gets for me. <laughs> like any anything beyond that, I just I always try to remind people like 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 you know you know like the people on the field don't actually hate each other. Like they they're like they like most of them are just like friends. Like they hang out like when they're not playing games versus each other. They like, literally this, trade jerseys at the end of the game. Yeah. I was like, all of this all of this, we hate each other, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is all, like, WWE stuff. Like, this is just – this is stuff for the fans to, to really get into. Because the players, they'll, like, talk it up during the week. But, like, for, like I said, for the most part, like, they don't they don't care. Like, their loyalty lies with whomever's jersey they have to put on that day. Yeah, their loyalty lies with the paycheck. Basically. Yeah, it's <laughs> – it's just, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it is, it is ridiculous. Yeah. But like, to go back to the the tanking part too, like, um, it's, it's, it's fucked up. Not only it's fucked up not only because of, um, you know, like from a from a fan perspective of having to to watch, you know, your your team just not be competitive too, but it also like manifests in a number of uh, of other ways too. And we kind of saw this uh, a bit with like what happened with the Miami Marlins when they when they changed ownership, which is, you know, who 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 do sports owners go to whenever they want a new stadium? They go to the ah, fans. Yeah. The taxpayers. To, yeah, they 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 want the taxpayers to cover to, to to help pay for for their new stadium. Never mind that they are billionaires who make millions every year. 
from 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 this from from the, this team from these teams. No, 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 no. They need they need they need the taxpayers to pay for it. And it's just we unfair. It, yeah. It's it's just unfair in that regard when you're gonna add because I I don't remember the exact specifics of it, but I believe this is kind of what happened with the Marlins a few years ago, which uh, which is when the year that they shopped uh, like John Carlos Stanton and all these and like all these like all of their good players. Anybody out. of talent, yeah. Yeah, because they 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 had just uh they had just gotten greenlit for like a new stadium they, to be built. And I believe it 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 um it did open up a, a few years ago, and then when new leadership uh, took over, they pretty much kind of ransacked the team and kind of uh, got rid of anyone who was any good. And then lo and behold, the taxpayers are just, or the fans are left, you know, holding the bag. Like, wait, what? Like, well, okay, well, what the fuck are you like? What you you took our money because you needed this new stadium, and now you're you're not even going to put a competitive team on there you used that you used us to get this and now as fans we can't even like we we have no reason to even to go sit in these seats to even continue to support and and cheer for you because this is how this is what happens and like stuff like that is 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 just unfair and it's it's i i really wish that like more uh more city because th- I, th- I feel like this happened within this ha- this happened when the rams left st louis too right yeah and and yeah. st louis and I, I believe they sued the owner of uh of the rams too for for that um for picking up and, and moving moving them to la after uh they just had a, like they they have a stadium there that's not that old um yeah that, the that rca dome yeah yeah, like that's just like stuff like that is just it's not cool. It's 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 not fair. It's not fair for for anybody, especially when it doesn't even guarantee that you're going to be any good after you do the tanking. And I think that it's also like we, we like it's also like a thing that I feel like is just is really it probably happens way more often than we than we really talk about it. Because yeah. uh, if you remember, Hugh Jackson also came out and said that he was offered money to lose games when he coached for the Browns. Yeah. And, and if you remember, he won like one game in two years <laughs> while while he was there. Went 0-16 one year and 1-15 the next year. Yeah. And I, I think that there's something to the fact that like there had only been one winless team in the NFL for its entire existence and then as soon as we get into the 2000s we've had two teams do it i think it's about business i think that that's why like maybe that's me being a conspiracy theorist maybe possibly you know i'm not going to put it into the realm of impossibility but like at the same time too like where there's smoke there's fire you know like and when did all of this start happening right around the time that the 76ers did it and it kind of worked for them for a little bit too. Cause how many number one draft picks did they get? What was it? Three, four or something like that. Uh, yeah, I want, I want to, yeah, I want, I want to say they did. I, I, hold on. Let me, let me actually check. Yeah. So it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility while you're looking that up and like, I think the the thing that that has made it more difficult for me to enjoy sports is because I know stuff like this is going on, and that's what really sucks. 
is that to know it's a business. And like once you start learning about business, realizing how businesses love to say like, oh, you know, we do things ethically. And like, I feel like I, I've joked about it before, but I'm going to continue to say it. Like Ooh. there's no such thing as ethics in business because they get thrown out the window whenever it, whenever you start losing profits. What's yeah, the so first thing that changes? Okay, finally found it. You found it. Okay. Finally, finally, finally found it. All right. So it actually uh, began in 20, 2013 draft. He traded an all-star, uh, uh, Sam Hinkie traded all-star point guard Drew Holiday to New Orleans for an injured center, New Orleans Noel, and a first-round a first pick. Um, then they traded another player, Evan Turner, and had a 26-game losing streak. And they finished 19-63. and 63. The following year, they selected Joel Embiid for, in number three overall. Started 0-17. Jesus Christ. Would have been would have been would have been 0-23, but they managed to win one game in between. And they <laughs> traded they traded two more of their younger younger players and then lost the final ten games of that season. The following year, they drafted uh, another player, Jalil Okafor. They started that season 0-18 then set the record for most consecutive losses with 28. Then they had two other losing streaks of 12 and another of 13, and they finished that season 10 and 72. Then, and this was this was when people realized the okie doke, they gave the coach a two-year extension when they were 1 and 22. Yeah, what the fuck? Then the following year is when they selected um, Ben Simmons. Oh, I forgot to mention that draft pick they that they acquired um, the 2013 season was flipped for a player who was still in Europe and did not come until the year they drafted Ben Simmons. So they drafted someone number one overall who didn't end up coming until about three years later. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Oh, How so, the sorry, fuck two, did they two get away later. with this? Yeah. How did they get away with this? Then they climbed to they were twenty eight and fifty four, which was still the second worst record. Um, then they trade they traded they traded to move up, and yeah, then that that was the first year that they finally kind of were good. Ben Simmons played. Joel and B finally played. And yeah, it was, it was just, it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot to say the, to say the <laughs> least, but that, that was literally, that, that's literally the process. They went through between 2013 and like 2018. So like five seasons of terrible, terrible basketball before they were something resembling a good team. And like I say, it wasn't until, it wasn't until 2017 when the NBA finally stepped in and we're like, all right, we're, we we need to fix this. And that's when they eventually came up with and changed the the rules regarding um, the the, uh, the 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 lottery pick, just so they weren't incentivized, just so they wouldn't be incentivizing teams to do what the 76ers had been doing, just to make sure that they got high draft picks every year. 
Like, can you even imagine that, though? Like, imagine being a player on a team. Like, you, you know, like, let's say you're you're a veteran. You know, you've been playing for three or four years. You're not great, but, you know, you, you feel like you're, you're pretty decent. And the 76ers pick you up. And you see what they've done. Like, can you imagine that? Like, th- this is your... This is your career. This is your your livelihood, and this is what you're going to get associated with. But then also, too, like, what are the meetings like on a team like that? Like, you're coming out there to play. You're coming out there to hit some shots. Like, what is the coach saying? Hey, hit some shots, but don't hit too many. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like, how does how does that conversation go? How, I mean, I mean, how how do you even respect your coach when like he's one in twenty two, and they say, oh yeah, we need two more years of this. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Just, I just, I, yeah, I just, I, like, I, I follow a a handful of uh, people who are 76ers fans, and yikes. I just, I couldn't, I just, I just, I just just couldn't imagine. I, like, I've, I've had my years as, as fans of, of all the local teams of being like, okay, hope, maybe this will be the, you know, Hey, like, hey, I don't care if they like when they um, I was like, oh, yeah, please lose so we can get the so we can get Chase Young. That Like, please, that'd be nice. Like, I've had my years of being like, OK, like, I don't I don't care if they win this game at the end. But I've never been like, you know what? I, uh, you know, next to the, the number with the projected pick in the NHL draft next year seems like it can't miss. So, you know, I hope the Caps lose 35 straight so they can secure it. Jesus like, Christ. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just I couldn't. I just couldn't imagine as a fan just being okay, being okay with that. I mean, like, I, I like it. It is. It was one of the frustrating things about this past uh, Nationals season when they decided to trade everyone. And like, I get why they did it. I get, I get, yeah. I get why they, they. That's the strategy you do when you know you need to completely revamp and rebuild, rebuild your team. But it still does like suck that that like that is kind of the way that you yeah. kind of have to do it. They in also baseball. didn't go with. They didn't go into the season trying to do that though, and a lot of and a lot of teams do. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. The whole the whole thing is just fucking nuts. But like, I just, I just, yeah. I, I, just, I, I just, I hope more leagues, um, whether it be it uh, uh, hockey or baseball, well, mainly with baseball because spring training is supposed to be in like what a little over a week and a half from now. Oh, it's supposed to, it's supposed to have already started. It always starts like right around. Oh, that's our right. Birthdays. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, all the reports seem to indicate like they've they pretty much tabled everything until like March seventh. So the earliest anything could even start, uh, they could even start having spring training would be March eighth, and that would be assuming they get anything done between now and in March seventh, which doesn't it just doesn't seem like that's that's where it's heading, you know, with 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 owners you know owners and players kind of not really yeah. not really willing to to budge with the other and I, in this regard like I, I i do kind of i side with the players i, I think as much as as weird as it, as it sounds to like to pick a side in a millionaires versus billionaires uh <laughs> fight over over stuff uh you know the the closest thing to like the average person are the players. You know they are the labor. They are they are the labor that is driving the interest that is baseball. No one yeah. is 
no one is there to see the owners or the or front or the upper management. Um, so like, I, I hope, you know, that, you know, the players can at least get some of, uh, get some of this, get some of the stuff that they, that they need so that they're able to, uh, so that they're able to, um, you know, get this season started at some point. So to give you a little bit of um, context on this too, so so like you said, you know, the whole millionaires versus billionaires thing, but yeah, like you said, it's easier to associate with the players because these are just these were guys like us once. You know, most of these people are not like old money like every single right. MLB owner is. Um, but like this is why it's more on the owners. And I, and I read this and I thought this was really interesting and then we'll kind of end on this. MLB took the active role in instituting the lockout because it much prefers to spur the players into an agreement during the offseason rather than run the risk of players striking during the season, costing them revenue and creating a host of scheduling headaches. No one wants the season to be disrupted. While players could lose millions as well as a valuable year of, the already short, uh, of their already short careers, owners stand to lose more in the form of TV deals and gate revenues. However, they're also better positioned to absorb such a blow. Um... This timing allows owners to negotiate from a position of strength during the offseason rather than in-season when it would be the players withholding their labor rather than the MLB locking players out of facilities and resources. So the MLB did this on purpose. They were like, nah, y'all aren't going to strike. We're just going to lock you out of our facilities and you can't do anything until you agree with us. So that definitely changes it from my perspective, at least, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean – Fuck the owners <laughs> in that regard. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that's wow. Yeah, yeah. So that being said, I mean, it sucks. It definitely sucks, and I really hope that they that we get to see some baseball this year. But like, uh, this is why sports are so infuriating, man. You know, yeah. like because this is the kind of shit that we see on a regular basis happen with 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 sports. So. That being said, we'll go ahead and wrap up uh, another episode of uh, GGR Post Game. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, make sure you subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. But we've also got lots of great content on our social media um, accounts that we have. So check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. There's a Facebook group that you can join as well. Um, but for all of us here, uh, so that includes myself, Mike Lunsford, for MC Brooks, uh, for all of us at GGR, we appreciate you. We love you. And remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>